Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. We are so excited for a special episode to be joined by one of my favorite podcasts. We've been listening forever. We're obsessed with you and your friends. Becca from Lady Gang is here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. We were just bitching about being moms before we started. <laughs> it's it is it's a ride. And let's just go ahead and I mean get into it. You have an almost two year old. Yes. Like, that's wow. Yeah. I want to know if being a mother to a two-year-old is similar to holding in a fart. That ah. you- <laughs> I have no idea. I'm ready for you to explain this to me, but I feel like I love it already. The fart that you had to go to the ER. Oh, my fart. My yes, fart. Your I was fart. like, I thought you were talking about like a symbolic, like holding in a fart. Yeah. No, but no, also, you know, yeah, that was symbolic though, in a way. I thought that the humiliation ended where it ended. I'll give you the story, but there's a new development. I haven't even shared this on Lady Gang yet. And it's an exclusive fart Breaking story. Breaking news. Oh yes, my God. Yeah. Breaking news. So I, you know, get in bed at my, my husband and I get in bed at 7.30. We put our son down. And then that is just all that we can take. It's 730. We're in the bed. I go to sleep. It's a Saturday night. I love nothing more than being in bed when I know everyone else in the world is out being social. So I'm like, this is going to be a great night's sleep. I lay down. And within two hours, I wake up with the sharpest pain in my stomach I've ever felt in my life. And I'm like, no, this will go away. I'm going to just ride it out. And within 90 seconds, I am hunched over like on my knees on the side of the bed and I'm waking my husband up and I'm like, Zach, I there's something wrong with me. I, I can't stand up straight. I'm shaking. I'm nauseous. I, I think it's maybe my appendix or w- I was like, there's something wrong and I'm pretty tough. So we're going to have to call our my best friend and her husband live in the neighborhood. We called them and we were like, can you come and sleep in our guest room and watch this monitor? Because, you know, now that I have a kid, you can't just, you know, bolt out your house. Nope. So he comes over. We go to the emergency room. I Again, I'm like, I know I'm going under anesthesia. I know that within 30 minutes, I'm going to be cut open somewhere and I'm just preparing for it. Granted, I love anesthesia, so I was sort of excited for that part. <laughs> and on the ride, um, my best friend was kind of Googling my symptoms and she said, I think it's your gallbladder because of where it was located on my stomach. And then the nurse, when we got there, said the same thing and they're hooking me up to an IV and they're like, we need to do an abdominal ultrasound. We're going to go get that. They leave me in the room. My husband's there. At this point, it's like, you know, 1230, maybe. It's pretty late. My husband's not thrilled to be there. He's happy that I'm alive, but he's like, ugh, I'd rather be sleeping. So I'm sitting there taking deep breaths. I couldn't even give them a urine sample. I peed all over the bathroom floor. Like, this is how dramatic this evening was. Oh, my gosh. And I go in and and they leave the room. It's been a couple minutes. And suddenly I feel this feeling of like where the gallbladder is located, which is in the center of your stomach, kind of under your ribs. And I feel this motion of something traveling down my intestines. And then suddenly I let out the most silent but voluminous (laughs) fart you've ever felt in your life. And... I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, please, please, God, like, don't let the pain go away right now. Please, yeah. <laughs> please, God, like, I cannot deal. Yeah. Don't let that be it. Don't let that be it. And I make eye contact tact with my husband when the pain goes away completely, like from 100 to zero. 
And I said, it was a fart. It was a fart. It's gone now. And he goes, are you okay? And I said, yeah. And he said, how okay? I said that I could walk out of here and never look back. (laughs) And he's like, oh my God. The nurse comes back in and and she's like, we're going to roll this in. We're going to do the ultrasound. And I said, I'm so mortified. I have to tell you, I did just release some gas and I feel 100% okay. (laughs) She was like, bless her heart. She goes, you know what? It's First of all, it's okay if it's just gas. The amount of people that we see in a night for gas pains is it's staggering. And she said, but also the gallbladder, it can come and go. So she said, you could go home and then experience this again. And then we're on the time, you know, further into the the ticking time bomb. They do the ultrasound. As I know, the whole time I'm laying there, I'm like, I know that this was just a fart. I know it was just a fart. So that was humiliating. I go on the podcast. I talk about my emergency room fart, which I'm sure they charged my insurance company $100,000. Oh, yeah. $100, yeah. That was a $5,000 fart. <laughs> fart. For yeah. a fart. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, well, that's over. And then this morning I get an email from we are do- redoing our life insurance policies because um, people are dropping like flies. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> can't be too safe. So we're redoing our insurance policy or life insurance. And you have to give them Every single test result you've done, every mammogram, every every time you've seen a doctor in like five years. So they come over, they do the whole thing. It's all wrapped up in a beautiful bow and they're submitting it to find out, you know, the best deal for us. And I get an email with five people copied on it, men and women this morning. And it said, hi, Becca, we're really close. We're at the finish line. We just noticed that you did have a visit to the emergency room in at the end of November. Um could you let us know what that was for and the results of any tests from when you were in there? So at 5.30 this morning, when I responded to an email, <laughs> I had to say, hi, everybody, and me- women and men that I've never met. <laughs> professionals. Lady- ladies there. and gentlemen, <laughs> professionals. I said, I went to the emergency room for intense gas pains. And um, I'm humiliated writing this, but I hope that's going to help my case against you know getting a lower rate for my life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the longest story ever told, but it was the most impactful fart I've ever had. So thank you for letting me share. Oh, I mean, I was dying laughter because I do feel like after becoming a mom, I feel like although you said you're like embarrassed, I also think once you give, you know, just being a parent and dealing with poop and you just become less like pressure. You lose like, whatever. shame too. It's like you, you share stories and like, like I have a friend who's like, I'm pretty sure I peed myself while I was running on the treadmill, but I was in the zone. So I just like, I figured I'll deal with it later. And we're like, oh yeah, been there. Like you were good for you for running. Like way to go girl. And it's like pre-kids, you would have been mortified. You would have gotten off that treadmill, but now it's like, you know what? I'm just going to tell the world about this fart. Yes. And yeah. It's, it's all insane. good. It's freeing. Yeah. It is but- freeing because I am covered in VCs constantly. It's like just an everyday occurrence. My dogs are barking speaking. Oh, of my no, it's all, no, it's all good. It's um, all good. But, but I did, I feel like through fertility treatments and all the things that were done to my undercarriage, <laughs> I used to prepare to go to the gynecologist in my 20s like it was a date. You know, it would be freshly shaved or waxed or I had to make sure shining even even like if I didn't have a pedicure I was horrified I would leave my socks on because I'm like how I don't want her to look over and see a crusty heel you know (laughs) and now it's like you have to literally use like 
you know, <laughs> things to get through the pubic hair to get to even oh. my vagina to oh, do same. my pap And like, yeah, I hot. just laugh as women though too. Like we're so embarrassed about our underwear being shown. Like I always like still hide my underwear oh, yeah. um, from the gyno as if like, what? Like, I don't know. She's yeah. literally going to be looking into my vagina, but I'm hiding my underwear because that makes zero sense. <laughs> but all this being said, this is like, you know, our worlds as mothers I want to know your experience being a mama to four. Like, what is the one word you would use that is not fart to describe motherhood? Um, oh my gosh, one word. Oh God. Ugh, this is really challenging. Um, <laughs> I know. Moving. It's hmm, it's very moving. I just at. Uh, my I told you guys before we started my husband has been out of town this week and I really kind of dread I I don't enjoy being alone with my child most of the time I mean I don't dislike it but I would prefer to have someone there experiencing it with me um and I you know when it, when he's gone I'm just doing like the the trudging through the evening routine I'm doing the bath I'm doing the dinner whatever but yesterday he like sat on the counter in front of me which he shouldn't have been on the fucking counter I don't I mean it's like it's chaos and I was about to pull him off the counter and then he just sits in front of me and he's like eye to eye which is very rare that a 2 year old is face to face eye to eye in that way you know like you're, they're always like get on their level and I'm like shut up but <laughs> yeah. now I get it you know, and so it was eye to eye. And I just thought I looked at his little face and I was like, oh, my God, this is cr the craziest love I've ever felt. So it is. It's moving. Oh, I love that. Well, you've been so open and I appreciate how open you've been about IVF and surrogacy and everything that you've put your body through to have this beautiful little human. What advice would you give to someone who's, who might be listening right now who is struggling um, with fertility? Like what kind of got you through all that? Um, one step at a time, um, which is easier said than done. Um, and also this is just practical advice. I tell all of my girlfriends that it doesn't matter how quote the greatest doctor ever is treating you. If you're not having success, it is very important to seek other opinions, um, and to seek out other experts and to, you know, spread your wings as scary as that is and it is ex it's so expensive so easier said than done always but i have found in all of these conversations i've had with women all over the world struggling struggling with their fertility a lot of the time even if it's it's just an energetic shift it's something about not having to go to the same fertility clinic that you had a failed retrieval from or not going to the same doctor that you had a an unsuccessful transfer with and it says nothing about the doctors sometimes you need a new set of eyes a new brain a new nursing staff and and just to shake it up if you can if you can afford to do so oh that's i think that's great advice and a follow-up question to this because I think this comes up a lot. And we I have get a child. <laughs> so oh my gosh, Hi, this buddy. is perfect. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, he's so perfect. Hi. Oh. Hi. Looks like a good snack. It's I a mean, muffin that I just made. I'm like mother of the year. I made a muffin today. Oh my no, <laughs> that's great. Oh my god, he's so he's so darling. The he's door so on my husband's office is not working, which is why this this does happen. Oh it's my gosh, no, this is. Busted. I mean, literally, we are unfazed by this, but. <laughs> 
Hi. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Thank you. You guys should. You guys can't see this right now, but her son just kind of popped up on uh, popped up, um, <laughs> just like surprises of blood motherhood as we've been talking about. And he's just like, "Hey, I'm here eating my muffin." So <laughs> he's just saying hello, and he's just so darling <laughs> and so cute. He doesn't but, believe mom. That's yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. It's all good. No, it's all good. One follow up question I was going to have with that because I. I struggle with this um, in the sense of uh, friends who are struggling with fertility, like the best way to support them. Mm -hmm. I think there's always a way of like teetering on like, oh, is this like I want to show up for them, but I don't know the right things to say. Like it's something like what is the best way to support someone who may be um, struggling with that? That's a really good question. And I think it's really it's different for everybody. So I always think. It's exhausting for that person to be asked, like, what can I do for you? Even though our intentions are so good in that moment, and we genuinely want the person to say, cook dinner for my family, grab me a coffee, whatever, the, pick up my kid, you know, they. but oftentimes that person, especially women, have a really hard time accepting the help and also it, 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 asking specifically what they want. I like it when people in my life just were taking initiative and like, dropping off a coffee at midday or texting me to say, you know, I'm picking up, I'm at Whole Foods and I'm doing a big grocery shop. Like, tell me what you need. I'm not going to like leave until you tell me five things that you need. Or if they have children, at the time I was struggling with it, I didn't have children. So I could kind of just like wallow in my bed. But I imagined having a child and dealing with that and and miscarriages and all of the heartbreak and still having to take care of a child. If I were going through it now, I feel like it would be amazing for a friend to just show up and say, I'm going to sit here and play with your kid. You can go get your nails done. You can go to the spa. You can lock yourself in your room and you can watch Real Housewives. I don't care what you do. Um, so it's kind of forcing yourself on someone. And I promise you, if they don't want you there, they will look you in the eye and say, I love you so much. Thank you for this. I, I promise I'll call you if I need you. I don't need you right this second. Or I don't need the salad. That, they're not going to be like, I don't need the sweet green salad you left on my porch. They're going to eat the salad or save it for later. But whatever it is, it's something that you can do. Um, unsolicited advice was brutal because every fertility story is so specific. And if I had one more person tell me that I just needed to go on vacation, have margaritas and have sex with my husband, hotel sex with my husband, I was like... Okay, but that doesn't actually help the fact that my eggs are the equivalent of an 80-year-old woman. So the margarita is not going to be great when it, you know, like it's like this whole messy thing and I and you just have to be sensitive and if they want advice they'll ask and um yeah, that's kind of it. It's tough. No, I mean, this is all great. And I feel like in those situations if I were you getting that advice, I'd be like respectfully fuck off. <laughs> I'd be like so tempted to say that. Yeah. But I feel like some of this advice you shared truly, I think, applies to all other aspects of motherhood in general. I think as moms, we it's hard for us to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I think just showing up is really great advice. Yeah. Um. So I used to be a Gleek, and I'd be remiss not to ask <laughs> Miss Kitty some questions about your time on Glee. That show got me, I'm sure you hear this all the time, gets people through a time. Um, it was such a special pop culture moment in mm -hmm. time, too, when I think about it and just think of it so fondly. 
Okay, so here's one question. I was rewatching a lot of your performances. Mm-hmm. The Britney ones were my favorite because yes. I love Britney. Um, <laughs> that latex outfit you had on, slay. Thank uh, you. But I was curious what pre work time went into some of the songs. So you guys, you know, I'm not on TV. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get a time of when you're going to film the show. At one point, are the songs determined? How much rehearsal time before you're like your shooting day? And how did that process kind of work? I was just curious behind the scenes. It's like it, it's like a quarter of the time anybody imagines that we're given for all of it. So we're shooting the days we're not on set shooting the actual performances. We're sent the song. We were sent the songs, I would say, no more than a week before we record them. Oh my God. Um, but there's these incredible singers who like the demo singers who would sing your whole song for you the way that they wanted it to sing and the cut they wanted to use and the key that it was going to be sung in so they would send the demo to us which was a much easier way to learn how to sing a song because you just copied so mostly copied what they did so you did have that to kind of sing in your car and like get 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 familiar and then that was less than a week. There were no voice lessons. There were no nothing. It was just like you then show up in the recording studio and you sing. And if you're really struggling, sometimes they'll put the demo singer in your headphone so that you feel like you're just singing along and you're being guided so that it's slightly easier. They obviously don't leave the demo singer in when it's, when it goes out. But so then dance rehearsals, they just find any break. So you'll be on set shooting. And if you have one little break in the day you'll run over to the warehouse situation that we rehearsed in and then we would learn the dance and blah 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 and that could be the day before or that could also be maybe a week before but there was no time it was it was kind of a good thing because there was no time to overthink anything and you just had to put one foot in front of the other get through the scene get through the song get through the dance and then you turn around the next day and you do it again so you can't beat yourself up either for I remember one day on set I had just not had time at all to learn a dance it was and it was a huge scene it was the the wedding between Naya and Heather's characters it was oh. towards the end of the series and I was just tapped out. I had just, my brain was full. I might've been slightly hungover because I was in my twenties and hungover a lot. <laughs> and I just could not, I couldn't retain the dance. I, I, it was like the biggest fail of my career on that show. And, um, our, our, uh, choreographer at the time was like, okay, we're going to just for the first time in your glee career, you're going to sit this one out. And I was like, oh shit. Um, but that was the only time that I shit the bed when it came to the show. And it was towards the end and a lot was going on just in general in life and whatever the show. But yeah, it was crazy. It was oh craziness. my God. That is insane. Like yeah. my jaw like dropped. I was anticipating you saying like, Oh, we had like a month of rehearsal oh, times, no. but how quickly those episodes and those seasons were so long, I guess that kind of... I guess to my happen. head, I'm thinking like as they're writing it, they're like, these are the songs we're thinking about. Like, I don't know. I was like, I'm picturing you guys having a lot of time, but I mean, it does well, make sense. That- they weren't writing the new... Ec- like, so they would be writing this the next episode while the the most current one was 
being um, filmed. So it's like we're, we're we're shooting episode one. They're only writing episode two during that time. So they're only one episode or maybe two ahead of us because I forget I forget the reason, but um, but that's yeah. just how the writers' room worked. Interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating to me. I think you know. I'm not going to ask about the drama behind Glee. I would love like your take of like, I feel like recently there's been like a lot of headlines about people's behaviors and trying to have like this earth shattering, like documentary, like a reckoning, if you will, a Glee reckoning, um, its own like kind of version. I'm just curious on like your take and perception of all of that. Um, I just listened to Eva Longoria on a podcast. I forget which one it was. It might have been Armchair Expert. Um, and and she was asked the same question. And I was like, wow, that's exactly how I think a lot of us feel about this. Like, sh- so sh- they asked her, you know, there was all that drama with all the Desperate Housewives. How yeah. They're like, Terry Hatcher hates so-and-so and Nicolette Sheridan and like, blah, whatever. And she was like, you know, you're in it and you just are in it. You're just doing your work. And like some days are better than others and some days are more dramatic than others. But also it's always the fucking women. It's always the women that everybody's running out, talking about, like creating drama, stirring the pot. And even like, it's like a family. You're together 18 hours. You're with them more than your family. We're together 18 hours a fucking day. And there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be good behavior and bad behavior and all of the things in between. And I think what sucks is like so much of the conversations around the drama with the show was all females. And when I tell you that that is just like tale as old as time and Um, but also I think when you're in it, you're in the same thing that, um, Eva Longoria was saying, she was like, you're, we were just so busy working. Like we were just, you didn't have time to get caught up in drama. Yeah. And like clickbait is such a thing, especially the time of Glee. It was so huge, um, that like the media really didn't help. And, um, yeah, it's just, and it's also people in their twenties. Like what, what do you expect? Yeah. Like, well, like you said, like you're going out, you're having fun. Like there's days you're going to be hungover. You're probably going to be a little bit moody or shorter with people or yeah. you're going to go through a breakup or something with friends happens. Like it, there's a lot of shit in your life going on then that's going to – and you're exhausted because you're working 18-hour days. It's just yeah. kind of a recipe for it. Yeah. yeah. So, no, that's a great take. And then the last question I have regarding Glee is who from the cast do you stay in touch with? Do you stay in touch with everyone? Do you guys have little Glee reunions or a text chain or – yeah, we all stay in touch. It's pretty crazy. I just saw a bunch of them last week. And um, yeah, it's like, you know, I I, I kind of talk about it like we're kind of like the mafia where we can talk like we can be assholes to each other and we can like do all the things. But then if some like it like I don't know it's like the tell all that came out all of us were so fucking mad about the documentary because all none of those people were truly on the inside of it Mm -hmm. and we were like you know what it's kind of like the mafia like I won't say I'm not going to turn on my family these are my snitches get stitches exactly I'm like I have loyalty for so many of these people that are still also that are still alive I'm like there's it's just so precious to me that time was so precious and we all love each other and we don't always all like each other, but like we truly are this very close. We've experienced something that like, you know, you don't, most people don't experience in a lifetime and we're trying not to have it be tainted, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I'm obsessed. Well, let's talk about Bravo. Um, I love that you are just as into Bravo as we are. 
which of the housewives are your favorite right now? Like, what are you watching? What are you loving? I'm watching um, uh, Salt Lake City. I just caught up on that last night. And I go up and down with the seasons. Like, I started strong with New York. And then I kind of felt like it didn't end super strongly. And then with Salt Lake City this season, I felt it was a very slow build. And then now we're in Bermuda and it is amazing. So on the rumors, I mean, it's just so (laughs) juicy speaking. I mean, look at me. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm like, it's always don't talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, but I guess if you're a real housewife, that's a whole nother like, you know, it's it's reality. But okay, so Salt Lake, I want to know like your hot take on the whole speaking of mafias, we love to talk about mafias around here. Um, the Greek mafia. Yes. Do you, who do you think is behind the rumors or the DMs? I hate to say it, but it's pretty obviously Meredith. Um, I just think she, like they were saying, she's done this in the past with Lisa. And I also think like, I don't know. I, I it's it's weird that they would only send the DMs about Angie to Meredith and to um what's her name? Monica. Monica. Yeah. yeah. Like why wasn't Lisa Barlow part of it who is actually yeah. friends with her? Yeah. Um and I just I really do want to f- I I wish they would go digging and find out where these came from cuz remember there were the DMs sent from the girl who really didn't last. Um Oh, and Angie the other K. Yeah, Angie H wasn't Angie it? H. Yeah, Angie there's so many H, Angies. Yes. Sarah yeah. Paulson, too. Yeah, she looks like Sarah Paulson. Sarah, she yeah. does. It's wild. It's crazy. Re- remember, they tracked DMs from her, her husband? husband. Yeah, that was so juicy. I'm like, why can't we do that now? And I mean, I'm Lisa has a cybersecurity team, so I'm <laughs> on it. She might be on it. So we think it's Monica. <gasps> really? We do. Yeah. What? Yeah, we think it's Monica. Like someone tweeted and brought up a good point, but essentially, Monica, as viewers, we wouldn't have known that Monica would have been casted to send shit on Angie K at the timing of it. At the timing of it. The timing. Just while they're filming, like a lot of the times we get speculation on who may be a housewife and who may not. But for someone like to send DMs, I mean, this also could prove your point that it's Meredith because the call is coming from within the house. Whoever it is, it's one of them. This isn't like a fan account that's out there just digging stuff up on Angie K. But we still think it's Monica. Well, and Monica and Angie had that really rough period of time, which was at her brunch or whatever. Yeah, the they greaster. were the yeah. greaster. <laughs> Yeah. So they call. They were me? handing out no. money. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that actually, I wouldn't doubt that either. But I need somebody to get on this. Andy, I know. Well, on. soon we'll soon powers. We'll, I know. Soon we'll know. But I think, given the fact the cast isn't speaking to her, and we were at BravoCon, and literally it was like the rest of the cast, and then Monica. So that's like why my mind is like thinking it has to be her. But that's just my take. Do you like, think I don't we'll know. get an answer? I do. Wow. I feel like I feel also, like we will. They were probably separate because of the Heather Gay lawsuit with Beauty Lab and Laser. I'm, yeah, I'm, it seems like that's the phone call that she got at the beginning of the season that we're going to find out about. I mean, it happened while they're on this trip, so we've got to be hearing about this soon. Isn't it's that crazy? Um, it is. 
I just feel like with that show, it's like wild that like, like, oh my God, like, you know, there was like legitimate like fraud happening. Like, how are they going to top this? And I do, I mean, it's not quite the same level. It's going to be hard to top somebody getting yeah. arrested, the Sprinter van situation. But I'm just as intrigued right now with Salt Lake City as I was the previous season. Same. And I was like, we're going to fill the void. Someone was saying it like, we're going to fill the void with Jen and I don't feel it, which no. is wild. Who's your favorite? You know, favorites always tough with our current like, housewives because it's like there's people who are my favorites, but I would never want to have even like a glass of wine with. That's, you know? that's what we always say. Like we're not watching these shows to find our future friends. No, yeah. like a Ramona Singer, I would have. I don't even want to have eye contact with her. You know what I mean? Like there's, but I, but I watched her for many years and enjoyed her performance. I mean, I'm glad she's gone. Say lovey, <laughs> but um, I, I really like Lisa Barlow, and I. I think I'm biased because she's actually pretty close with Kelty, the other co-host on Lady Gang. Um, but she's a very genuine person. She's very normal. You know, I think that everything is kind of amped up on the show as it should be because she's no dummy. You know, it's like she wants to keep her job and sell that Vita tequila. So I do really like her as a person. Um, but I do, I think that Heather Gay's uh, confessionals are some of the strongest in, in Housewives in general. She's so funny. Um, and I like Whitney Rose this season. I'm really Interesting. liking her. I would, Interesting I would take. not have picked that. Okay. Is that weird? Yeah. Oh. I, yeah. Interesting. I, I think I, I can get behind Whitney Rose now. Wow. We love Lisa Barlow. We met her before BravoCon started. She like walked by us and then sat and like chatted with us for a little bit. And then we went to a bar and she was in there with John and we talked to her for like over an hour. And like you said, she's just very, I mean, I don't want to say normal. She was wearing sunglasses inside, but like you can have a conversation with her and you're like, this doesn't feel like she's like, so out. Like it was a very normal conversation that you would have with a friend almost. She's very grounded. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. In somebody who's wearing head to toe labels, you know? Yeah. Right. It was, <laughs> she's very on brand, but friendly, approachable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you should know this. Uh, actually, Abby, do you have an update on your letter to Jun Shaw? Abby no. has written a letter to Jun Shaw in prison. So you can oh. easily find her. She's at Brian Prison. It's very easy to find like her number and how to send her a letter. And I was like, I am going to become pen pals with Jen Shaw. And she has not written me back. And we're going on almost a month. But I'm imagining she gets a lot of mail. Like, it's not like. Yeah. What so, did but... you say in your letter? <laughs> so it's hard because I had a weird hunch with Jen Shaw, like episode two, season one. I like was like, guys, this is the next Teresa. Something's off. Like the money isn't adding up. I like, I just don't have a good gut feeling about her. And so when she got arrested, we were getting like DMs and people were like, oh my God, Abby, you called it. So I kind of like, I feel two-faced that I'm writing her this letter. So I'm like, I can't We also lie. are blocked by Jen Shaw. Yeah, we're blocked by her too. Um, so I'm like, I can't like <laughs> be two-faced. So I never said any lies. I just said you know, I hope you're doing well, which I wish, wish that for anybody. What's life like in prison? And I wanted to know her take on Monica. And so I was like, what do you think about Monica's storyline being you? Um, I said, you, you were talked about at BravoCon. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you think she can watch it? Well, I did ask that too. I said, I hope you can watch, but I'm not sure if you can. Because <laughs> I don't know. Are they getting... 
First of all, so, Marriott and like Hilton hotels don't even carry Bravo half yeah. the time. So I don't know if prison will. So Kelty from Lady Gang has, she worked on CBS on Entertainment Tonight for many years. And we joked that she got the most mail from jail because they have network television playing in most jails, but I don't <laughs> think that they have any cable. Yeah. So her jail mail was only because she was on CBS. And so they yeah. were very limited of what they could watch. <laughs> and then they fell madly in love with her. Oh my was it God, mostly men amazing. or women? I feel like I could see women writing her a lot, too. Oh, I have to ask her. It's it, The ones I saw were mostly men. Yeah. Like, being really pervy and telling her she yeah. had nice legs. Oh yeah, I God. could see that, too. Oh, but. my gosh. That's amazing. Are you watching Beverly Hills? I am. I am. What do you think? I, I'm, so, I'm so sad for Kyle because... You know, I get it. Everybody's so everybody's like she's tell always told us all these years to like get it out in the open and like be honest and blah blah blah. But she's like in the midst of obviously her family very struggling very much and that for her in years past was her entire identity as most of us. It's like her husband, her kids, her dogs. Like it's just that was what brought her joy, especially with the tumultuous relationship with her sisters. And now I'm going to feel very two-faced because I was at an event in LA last week, this week, and I met Kathy Hilton. <laughs> and she was darling. She was lovely. You know, she had the like Kathy's yeah. thing going. Were you but, at her house by chance? No, I went to the event the night after her house for um, American Ballet Theater. Oh, you know, with Sutton's track. And Sutton oh, my was there God. As well. Yeah. The ballet. I asked because it seems like Kathy has hosted so many holiday parties at her house. So I was just curious. So many. But she was lovely. Lovely. But, you know, in this episode, in this most recent Housewives episode, I really felt for Kyle because Kathy is clearly a narcissist and she's manipulative. And I think she's kind of just mean. And she can't. And when they were listing all the things in Kyle's life that, were successes, every single one of them Kathy had a problem with and made it about her somehow being not loyal to Kathy and the family. Like she couldn't support the TV show. She couldn't support the book. She couldn't support anything Kyle did that made her a little bigger. Um, and so I feel for Kyle because having a sister like that, I can't imagine. I have friends like that and I'm so glad that I get to just kind of put them away and not deal with them unless I want to. But when your family is so much meaning to you and it's so complicated, and I know this is like a total like a diatribe on Kyle, but I just, I feel sad for her. In the therapy session, I was just very heartbroken for her. I, we had a, like, had a lot of empathy and compassion for her. And also to lose a best friend the way she did so unexpectedly and not like have any like warning signs. I think there's a lot with that. And I also want to tell people too, sometimes they're like, well, I love Kathy. Like she was so funny on the show. I'm like, the you need to watch Paris in Love because that version of Kathy Hilton was very different, different from the Housewives Kathy. And it makes sense why Paris keeps things so secretive. She like didn't, I mean, the fact that she didn't tell anyone in her family that yeah. she was having a baby, yeah. that to me like speaks volumes because typically it'd be like, for most of us, it's like impossible to keep that in. So yeah. the fact that she didn't share it, um, I think it says a lot. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. That I I only saw the clip of like Paris showing her the baby for the first time and I was just like that is that is dark. That's dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know any other word to say it, but it says a lot about Kathy. And all this stuff says a lot about Kathy. And Kyle, we've had her on our podcast and she's really lovely and so normal and just like truly just cares about her inner circle and wants to do right by everybody. So it makes me sad. I do think she's having a love affair with Morgan. And I'm like, I'm I'm supportive of it. It's fine. Whatever you got to do. And I'm shocked that they didn't mention the best friend sooner in this se- in the season. What we the have fuck? the same thought. Like this makes so much more sense to me why we had this dramatic change because she's probably like when you have a big loss like that, you kind of take a step back and reevaluate how precious life is and changes you want to make. Yeah. And she probably like knowing how she lost her friend. She's like, okay, is alcohol serving me? No, it makes me feel more anxious, more depressed. I want to remove that from my life. I want to be here for my like family and friends and live here longer. So I'm going to work out more to be healthier. Like this big shift and swing made so much more sense. And if the friends knew about it, I really like if Garcelle and I love Garcelle and I love the, like a lot of the women on the show, but it's like, if you knew she lost her friend, I almost feel like the not supporting the sobriety to me makes it that much more worse. I agree. I think the not supporting sobriety is very lame. Um, I just, it's just even Dorit, she kind of let me down a little bit when Dorit's like, we usually went, you know, we spend the nights like dancing, whatever she said in Vegas, where she was just kind of like doubting Kyle's ability to have fun with her anymore. And I, I, I agree. It's like, even if the friend wasn't part of the equation, it's annoying to t- to deal with it like that. But then with the friend in the equation, I'm like, yeah, nobody wants to wake up depressed the next day when you have something to be genuinely depressed about. Like that's that's really – it bums me out that they're all so obsessed with her. I mean, is it all – is it also just the need for them to hear that she's on Ozempic? Is that what's yeah. really bubbling up? They just want her to talk about being Olympia. Olympic. Olympic. Olympic, yeah. Oh, and my sudden. God. I was like, you know exactly what it's called because you have a prescription for it. Sutton. Oh my god! They, yeah. I think they all do. Like, I don't they, this like all. denial. I'm like, just say you're on it. We all know. We know you are. And who like, cares if you're on it? Good for you. Yeah, I mean, Oprah's Oprah, like the happiest. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, thank God Oprah did this because she, for a minute, and I get it. They need time to figure out how they're going to deal with it on their own. But I was like, Oprah, you're our north star. If you deny this, I'm going to be very disappointed <laughs> in you. And she didn't. And I'm happy. I mean, there's like moms that pick up like you can tell you're like oh yeah like they dropped like 20 pounds in a month over thanksgiving like yeah you know like it's all good you know i don't know they're like there's people like the bigger like question of like why do we feel the need to be thin and why it's like you know like i don't need to go that deep with people if they're doing it just say you're doing it but yeah let me play devil's advocate because a lot of people we got a lot of dms people who aren't kyle apologists like abby and i i'm talking about LVP and when her brother passed away and how Kyle didn't give her any of that same, like she was very hard on LVP. Like what's your guys's reaction to that? I'd have to go back and watch and see like how she didn't quote support her or give her enough. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I would have to see, but I guess, but here's the thing, even if she wasn't right in that moment, she didn't know what it was like to be in LVP's shoes. Yeah. So she could have been wrong. Two things can be true. Kyle could have been wrong in that moment, but also Kyle could still be deserving of empathy and compassion from her friends in this moment. That's how yes. I feel. That's, I we think are like, love yeah. saying two things can be true all the time. So yeah. well, and I, I love that. I think with loss and like 
a boss like that, it's kind of like motherhood. And I hate like saying this to people who like desperately want to be part of it because I want to be sensitive to that. But I do feel like it's like it's a world you don't know until you're in it. And like you were saying, it's so hard to describe it to people. And it seems like on paper, like, well, why are you so tired? And why is it so stressful? And it's like the same thing when you have like a big loss like that. It's sort of like I joke because my dad passed away unexpectedly like seven years ago. And I say like to people, I'm like, it's sort of a club that only members can understand what it's like. And so, you know, I think Kyle probably, I don't want to make excuses for her. Like she could have been more supportive, but like you said, like she just probably didn't know the pain of what that was like. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's like, it's very true. It is the club that you really can't have a clue unless you've experienced it. It's a very, it's an unlucky club. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like no one wants to join. I always say no one wants to join, but the members take care of each other. Uh, Are you watching Southern Charm this season? Oh, yes, I am. What are Um, you thinking of all this? Wow. Um, So many thoughts. I cannot believe how sexually attracted to Shep I used to be and how (laughs) I have made, if there's even anything more aggressive than a 180, I am, I'm fully about face on that. Um, He has become a drunk old white guy that nobody wants to be stuck at a bar sitting next to. He sucks. Um, Taylor, I, I mean, I'm very disappointed that she's wanting so much compassion. And she's not, especially with Olivia having lost her brother, going through something horrific, especially on the heels of that and having made out, possibly had sex with Olivia's ex-boyfriend. Um, she's asking for far too much, far too much. And I think she needs to stay in the doghouse. I think she needs to get some nice linens because she's going to be there for a while and settle in and just be okay with that. And it's pissing me off. What are your I, thoughts of uh, you know, Austin and all of this? Austin's terrible and I think yeah. we've known this. And and also, you know, it's it sucks because I absolutely loathed Austin the, the season with Madison where they were on the outs and he just was a he was a child. Um, the way he used to speak about Madison, it was really a bummer in like such a gross way. And even when he called her on this past episode, a bored housewife. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you, bro. Like you'd I mean, be so lucky to have a housewife. <laughs> you, no one's going to marry you because you're an asshole and you're a fuck boy. And, and I'm like, good for you for going to therapy. The only change you're making is like not having a drunken explosion of emotion, but you're still treating people like shit. And um, I just the boys club down there. I'm so triggered by it. I'm from Atlanta. And so I just know that type so well. And it was actually such a perfect. It was so symbolic when they're on the bus leaving the restaurant in Jamaica. There's a huge explosion. They're screaming at each other. They're blah, 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 like Craig and and Shep. And they look outside the bus and Craig and Shep and um, Austin, Austin are just hugging each other. It was like that good old boy, gross fraternity mentality instead of being like austin you're a piece of shit shep you're a piece of shit craig you used to be a piece of shit how did you how did you change and tell us how like it's just (laughs) page um yeah i just i'm i'm so disappointed in like the 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 two of them are just 
the worst. I'm ready for new people. I actually was like, never thought I'd say this. I never was that into Austin. I don't think he makes great TV. I was really into Shep on that show, but I would be fine with them being replaced with fresher people next season. I'm actually think the hot take here. I do feel like the men in terms of the drama and the entertainment, like we're so used to the women. Yeah. Watching women fight. I kind of enjoy on Southern Charm that it's a bit more centered around the men in some ways. So I would, I'm okay with the cast, truthfully, as I just, I think Shep needs to go. He's one, too old. The fact that he was talking about like his college, like post college, like trip, and Taylor's like, I was in first grade. Like, that's just like, dude, that's what's gross. I would be okay with Shep, but Austin, I, I, think and Whitney basically that chaotic evil part of the show yeah Yeah. Whitney's like no uh, he and I don't mind Whitney just kind of floating in and out I I like him um yeah I guess you're right I guess you're right it does help that it's just it's not always the women going at each other's throats and it's those guys but yeah Shep is just it's sad now it's I mean at BravoCon he was like so gross and so saying and like so very obvious drunk and rude and anyone who speaks down to anyone who works in the service industry it's just automatic ick like just gross gross behavior and he was doing some of that we didn't see him speak down to anyone but we definitely saw him like drunk and I don't know, maybe on something allegedly. How do you but, see yeah. yourself on TV drunk like that and then decide to do it again and again and again? I mean, I guess that's like the definition of probably some sort of substance abuse problem. But like you can't even if I saw myself on an Instagram story like that, it would be like, OK, I'm never, ever getting oh. that fucked up again. No, I would be mortified. Yeah, it, it, there is like. I don't know. It's it is bizarre. I think we've talked to different people that live in Charleston that like aren't on the show or anything, but they've interacted with him. And they all just say like he is just too far gone. Like he there's just so much level to like levels of like darkness with him that like he will never mm. I, I hate saying like never, but like it just seems like he's always gonna kind of be this guy and he's gonna be the 70 year old man who thinks he can like hit on 25 year old girls just like because Thomas Ravenel. Yeah. I mean, I think Charleston like is like the place where these men go though. It's like it's almost accepted behavior there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you ever so being in California run in, I know you mentioned Kyle being on your podcast, but do you ever run into the VPR crew? I'm just curious of like any interactions you've had with good or bad with any Bravo Lips. Um I feel like I know Kristen. Well, she's no longer um, Vanderpump Rules, but I know Kristen pretty well. Uh, She's great. I mean, she's totally, you know, just a she's a handful, um, but a really kind person. But she's the reason she made such great TV is because she's an interesting person. She's Mm -hmm. really like um, authentic and genuinely her. Um, God, I don't feel like I've had any. Anytime you go out in West Hollywood, you will see Lisa Vanderpump at one of her bars. She's like Mickey Mouse at Disney World. Like she's, (laughs) I, and I'm convinced that she does it because she knows that people are going to go from out of town and they're going to go to the bar and they're going to see Lisa Vanderpump and then they're going to go home and tell their friends and they're going to say, You have to go to these bars when you go in town because she's always there. And I think that's kind of how they have the success of their stuff. No, I mean, I've been, I've, done it so yeah i get it like she lives there she She, lives there no it's great um i 
I'm trying to think. I've met a ton of the housewives, a ton of them. I love Heather Dubrow. Um, she's a, a friend of mine. And, um, you know, she came and did, we went on tour with the Lady Gang this past year, year before. She was our guest in one of the cities. And it was right after they filmed the season or like they were in the midst of filming the new season of her coming back. And she was just like talking, you know, she was just up in arms. And that's how you know it's real. Like she was really fucking pissed at Taylor for the whole auditioning for the movie mm. thing. And she said she put her in like a weird position. And she she was coming off of that. And so it was like, these these are like real feelings and fights that they're having. It's not really for show um yeah i haven't i haven't been disappointed by anybody to that's be good no that's it's, good i always tell people and the interactions that we've had is very much what you see is what you get totally. never met someone and been like wow they're so different than what how they portray themselves on tv like most yeah. people are very much themselves but tell us more about lady game podcast if we have people who have not i'm like blown away that y'all have been doing this for eight years yeah. like you're like the OGs. I mean, before people were like podcasting, you guys were doing it. We were doing it. We had no idea what a podcast was when we started, which is so funny. Um, and I got made fun of by so many actors um, at the time. They're like, You're now they all what? have them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, did you want you said you wanted to do a trade, a, a pod trade? Like you yeah. want to come on mine? I come on yours? No, because I'll never forget in 2017 when you laughed in my face when, you know, <laughs> I didn't have a pilot, but I did a podcast. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, we've been doing it for a very long time. I love it very much. The two women that are on it with me, we've tr truly just grown up together. We barely knew each other when we started. That's what's so funny about it is none of us were best friends. We just sort of joined together to start this thing. And we have a community of women all over the place that we have live shows and we all get together in person. And it's fun to get into those cities and actually look at women in the eye that listen to the podcast twice a week. And it's great. And we've had as crazy and as ridiculous as it started. And we still have those conversations of, you know, farting in the emergency room. Um, but we also have had such important conversations just as women and opening up about all the trials and tribulations that each of us has gone through and just making women feel less alone. Like if there's an uncomfortable thing that I'm feeling I'm dealing with in my life, like it's going to I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, maybe not in the midst of it, but I'm definitely going to bring it because I've never had a bad experience sharing over sharing where somebody hasn't come to us and said this changed my life. This helped me this, you know, it, it inspired me to do something different. And that is really at the end of the day, I never thought I'd say those words about a podcast where we talk about pooping our pants. I, it was like crazy because when you guys, you know, came out with the podcast, it wasn't like the Apple podcast icon didn't exist. It wasn't like, and I remember seeing your show on E and I was like Googling, how do you listen to podcasts? Cause I was like, wait a minute. Like I, you know, I'm like, I want to, but I think that's what really brings people in is the fact that you guys do share everything in a truly like authentic I almost want to say unfiltered because it's not like you're thinking like, oh, I want to talk about something that's trendy because mm -hmm. I want to like you truly are just sharing it and you relate to people because of that honesty and authenticity with it. So thank you guys for sharing your story so like bravely with us every time, too. Well, thank you. I mean, it's it's a little terrifying. Our husbands hate it. But you know what? <laughs> it's OK. 
That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Deal. Men, they, they deal with yeah. enough. Like, they deal yeah. with enough. Um, <laughs> last thing I want to ask you before we break, and just so glad that we had you, is your – I'd be remiss not to ask you about your million-dollar listing um, <laughs> appearance. I am just curious about, you know, your relationship with Josh Flagg. Are you still in that gorgeous home? Like, I just <laughs> – was tickled by that um episode. that was like one of the things i thought i was gonna do and then do it and then never think about it again kind of like the fart in the yeah. emergency room <laughs> i was like okay we did it you know so i met josh casually over the years you know just randomly and then when we decided we wanted to move in la we contacted josh and he said do you think you would want to do this on Million Dollar Listing? We're like in the middle of our season right now. I think it would be really cool, blah, blah, blah. And I was just in a place where I was like, why not? You know, I was still, we were single, no kids, um, had some time. And so we we filmed it and it was really an experience. I hadn't really worked in reality TV. I had done scripted TV and then we did like the talk show. But I left that experience, I'm like, they should get more credit than they do because it is grueling. It is grueling. I can't believe the schedule. I can't believe what they have to do. I can't. It's just wild. Um, I would never want to do it. I did learn that about myself. I was like, I would. I never will do a reality show. Not as long as I live. There's not enough money in the world. Um, but it was fine for that episode. And I've never gotten more people asking me about the show. Like anything I've ever done in my life, it's always million dollar <laughs> listing. And it's like, so obnoxious because I just feel like it's the weirdest thing ever. I We sold the house. We did that episode and then the pandemic hit within oh, a wow. couple of months. We were in that house through. So we love the house. We renovated it. It was gorgeous. But then we decided we wanted to buy a house in Austin. And so we decided to sell that house to a friend of ours. Jesse Metcalf, actually. Oh, he, Nice little us. name drop. <laughs> I know. I was like, it's a fun little like, you know. No, I love that. Yeah. The only reason I say it now is because he then sold it again since then. So it's like he's not his anymore, but it yeah. was fun. So he's a friend of ours. Um, And we moved to Austin like in 2021. And I miss that house a lot. My husband and I talk about it all the time, but it would have been a nightmare with kids, which is most houses in Los Angeles. It we never could have made it work with a, a lot kid. of sharp edges and tile Lifts floors and, and yeah yeah i'm like uh i don't think my kid needs to go on a be in a stroller on mulholland like it's yeah. just not it's <laughs> not for me i'm not rich enough to live in la with a kid and like austin's great so yeah oh, well we're midwesterners so you know i'm in kansas city and abby's in st louis so we totally you we get totally it. get we totally get it but we were thrilled to have you on our show um please tell everyone if they're not already subscribed to lady gang like how often y'all put out episodes how they can find you Every Tuesday and Thursday, we have episodes, and um, anywhere you get podcasts, it's The Lady Gang. You can follow us on social, which is The Lady Gang. Um, we're probably going to do some like events coming up in you know the next couple months, so follow along, and yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. Here's our little plea for you to do one in Kansas City or St. Louis, because we'll go. <laughs> okay, for sure. We actually yeah. have been talking about the cities that, that we feel like sh- Chicago crushes, there's oh, so I'm sure. many yeah. girls in Chicago. But I do feel like Kansas City could be good. I, I do know we have a lot of listeners in Kansas City. I mean, the Renaissance, Taylor, Taylor. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift might show up. Oh, my you God. never know. 
I can't with that. <laughs> to you guys, I'm so sorry. We no, are neither. Okay. We we, I mean, we got I a think... terrible review because we're not a Swifty. Are you said... kidding? Also, no, they're never going to last. They're never going to last. I agree. They're yeah. never going. To I last. have a weird feeling where I feel like I don't know like, if they're going to last forever, but I do think like a ring is like oh not yeah that far away. Yeah, yeah, I think that like maybe she'd even get pregnant. I don't know, but I that to me, I have a theory. I have a theory about her that there he's just not complicated enough for her to be with forever. I yeah. But for yeah, right now, it's, like it's refreshing. I think it's fun. Yeah. I do feel like once she goes on tour, I my biggest thing, and like shout out to Hannah Burner because she pointed this out. I don't know that they've spent more than like a couple days together. No. So like I think it's fun the flying back and forth or whatever. But yeah. I feel like once like if he joins her a while on tour and they're together for like a week. I think that's when the breakup happens. Like I just also, don't see I dated happen. a baseball player and let me tell you something. That that experience will keep you in something so much longer because again, it's like on and off. It's it's like he- hot and heavy and you go to the games and you sit with the wives and like you get in- inducted into this like fun cool gang and you like I stayed with this guy longer than I even wanted to because I was like this is just so fun you know and then he stopped playing baseball and I was like oh god I hate everything about you yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm like you're an idiot what am I doing and I know that's gonna happen I mean I I hope that she's happy though yeah well she's getting (laughs) she's getting that D let's be real but let's end it on that so we hopefully you are getting it this weekend um thank you all so much for joining thank you We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here's the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles, or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 you spend, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. Well, geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So what are you waiting for? Visit sideshow.com, promo code REALMOMS right now and get ready to let your geek side show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.